Hey, Denverite members, it's Dave Burdick, the editor of Denverite, and this is the first ever episode of what we're tentatively calling Denverite, but for your ears. On this episode, you'll hear me and assistant editor Ashley Dean talking about a couple of things like Map Week and some of our plans for the near future. We've talked to Denverite members a lot over the past year, and you may not know this, but our membership program is actually still less than a year old. But when we've talked to you, the vast majority of you has said that you want to make sure that the money you've donated is paying for journalism. So journalist salaries, records requests, rent, health benefits, that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that you've said is the most important. More than hats and tote bags and all that kind of stuff. And I do have some kind of weird off-the-wall plans and ideas for how we might be able to do things like merchandise in the relatively near future, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime... In that spirit, this podcast is costing us almost nothing to make. Um, We do plan to spend a little bit of money on podcast equipment. If you want to help out with that, you can, of course, do a one-time donation and put in the note that you want to help with podcast equipment. We're only going to spend, I think, 250 bucks off the bat to buy a couple microphones and a mixer, but we may find that we need to do one or two other things. Right now, we're recording the whole thing no kidding, just on my phone and in a very, very small conference room in our co-working space. So that's why the audio sounds the way it does. Please bear with us as we learn and get a little bit better at this. We are uh, total beginners in a way at this. Some of you may remember a previous Denverite podcast. We had professional help with this. Uh, For this one, we're kind of on our own. Now, before we get to the conversation with Ashley, I just want to say that we're going to be talking again about Map Week, and uh, it might be helpful for you to enjoy this podcast if you have already read at least two of the stories from Map Week. One of them you should read is by Esteban, and that would be about the weird shape of Denver and the weird kind of holes in, ma- in Denver's map. Um, and then the other one that you should probably read is by Ashley, and that's the one where she wrote about the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, which we refer to in the conversation, and I foolishly did not actually refer to it by its full name, so you'll hear me say SCFD, that's the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District. Okay, uh, I promise we'll get better at this as we go along. Thanks for your patience, thanks for your support. Hope to uh, see you all soon at a Denverite event. Okay, guess what, Ashley, now we're podcasting. Uh, okay, Denverite podcast listener members, um, as you probably know from some of our social media um, posts, uh, we are doing a podcast because we had a really successful membership drive, so thanks to those of you who were part of that, and um, I have kind of uh, played up a little bit how excited I am for this, and Ashley has played up a little bit how not excited she is for this, but she is currently smiling. Yeah, it's like um, a fear response. (laughs) Like when apes are angry, they smile. I'm just smiling out of terror of my recorded voice. (laughs) Perfect. Um, (laughs) You're going to love this. So um, we promised that we would start this podcast before the end of the year, and we're just barely doing it. Um, This is, uh, uh, we're recording this on the Friday before Christmas, and hopefully we'll launch it um, right around Christmas or right after kind of depends on what my life is like. Um, uh, but, um, 
this is also the end of Map Week. So down to the right, we just did our first ever map week. We've done a whole bunch of stories on maps. In fact, we literally just now published one um, before coming into the, uh, the studio slash conference room to do this podcast. Um, so, so actually, I just want to ask you, do you, have any, do you have any favorite map week stories or maybe a better way to say that is like any of them that, you know, surprised you or satisfied you? I mean, my favorite was the one that showed how Denver is not in the Rocky Mountains. Um, (laughs) But if I had to pick a second favorite, it's probably um, Esteban's about the weird little holes in Denver's map. Yeah. Um, Because I'd noticed them before, uh, having been very careful and picky about what I actually call Denver. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know why they existed. Um, I I still find it mysterious that we have unincorporated lands uh, here in this state. But um, it's pretty interesting and maybe not totally unsurprising that it was some uh, sort of, not even nimbyism, anti-busing effort yeah. on some part. Um, that I learned the most from that one, I think. Yeah, I think I, think I did too. And I, I really like that map. I was talking to actually a Denverite member yesterday who said that he earlier this year was, he, he's relatively new to Denver. I think he said he'd lived here for a couple of years. And he was asking somebody how like what the deal was with Glendale and somebody told him that it was a different county and he was like how can you have a different county inside a city yeah and it turns out we have actually a couple of different counties inside the city and he said he read the story and was you know like satisfied to have heard that not only is Glendale like that but there are these other little spots right it's chaos yeah I love that one house that's that's technically Jefferson County and Lakewood that's way up I want to know more about like the daily lives of somebody who lives there yeah it's probably not all that different but i mean like maybe your trash collection is weird yeah trash could be different and the other thing i want to know is like does the person we do we you know Esteban knocked on the door but we didn't get in touch with the person um and i would love to know like is that is that the same family that that sort of like resisted whatever right you know annexation effort there was yeah i don't know um but your map on SCFD. So we kind of like, or you joked about this a little bit at the top of one of the newsletters um, about how how kind of challenging this was. So your map basically showed where tax dollars for SCFD go, like where the actual institutions are located. But can you just kind of, can you summarize why it's hard to write about SCFD? Uh, I mean... No, but I'll try <laughs> because it's hard for very long and complicated reasons. Yeah. Uh, mainly that SCFD's state statute is quite long and complicated. Yeah. Um, I had to call for backup to even understand what half of it was referencing. Um, but really the complicated thing is that you've got millions and millions and millions of taxpayers' dollars and you're going to spread them out across the seven-county area. And to do that, they've divided up everybody into tiers and tier one's only five massive organizations and nobody really worries about that you know it's there's a little bit of well do they get too much money do they really need taxpayer support to the tune of nine million dollars but for the most part we just kind of leave that alone it's in the state statute it's not changing the part that keeps changing and gets confusing is down in tier three where the bulk of the now 300 or so organizations are there's you know 200 and something of these tiny little organizations, like tons and tons of choirs and chorales and choruses practicing in your local church or something. Um, And they need to apply to get that money through the county they are located in. And they can also apply for more than one county. 
if they can prove that they serve more than one county. And then county commissioners get to decide who in their county gets what amount of money. Yeah. And each county does it differently. Right. So, I mean, that just makes me tired (laughs) thinking about it. Like, if I'm one of these organizations, I'm going to be real stressed out about that process, I think. I I think of SCFD kind of as, like, I mean, it's not equivalent, but it's sort of the Tabor of arts journalism. Yeah. Like, people are always, you always have to write about it. You always have to refer to it because it's it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of money overall. And it is really complicated. And there's not, like, one paragraph that you can just drop into a story right. that is satisfying to somebody who's like, wait, I want to know more about that SCFD. How does that work? Like, I mean, we've... You know, we've we've done some kind of explainer around SCFD a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I feel like in other places I've worked, we've also tried to tackle it. It's it's like really complicated to write about. Right, and you know, somebody immediately emailed me saying like, "Well, what about this, 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 and this?" Yeah, oh, man, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just uh, there's a lot to deal with, and you know, the tricky thing too is that a lot of people are unhappy about it. Yeah. Um, I imagine that if you're, you know, a, you know, a small choir in Lakewood and you just got enough money to put on your annual holiday concert, you probably have no complaints. It's the people who are running, you know, these smaller but still, you know, doing a couple productions a year theaters, say, in Denver, that are in the same category and they're a little bothered by competing for the same money. They're kind of tier two and a half. Right, yeah, exactly. They feel left in the middle. And they're, the other problem is that they feel that they're losing out on philanthropy mm-hmm. because people say oh well we're supporting them with our tax money why do we need to also give them a grant or whatever for this year um so that makes it sticky too because not only is there just a bunch of complicated information to deal with but people are angry about it so yeah. when they read they're gonna probably have a problem with some way that you've presented it yeah i mean and the person who wrote you know like we get that kind of thing somewhat frequently where we'll write a story and somebody will say, you got all the stuff, and I like what you put in there, but you didn't get everything. Yeah. And that's like that's true, right? Like, we can't write a book every single time. That's a challenge. And so one of the things I also wanted to ask you was, you know, every story, no matter what, no matter what the subject, like, it's it's not a perfect story. It can never tell absolutely everything about something. So, so like, and, and I, would, I would only pick on you mm-hmm. for this. But, like, okay. what... <laughs> but, but, like, in what ways are the maps that we presented kind of deceiving like what are the things about those maps that are sort of like that are inadequate in other words like why did we have to write a bunch of stuff around the maps well if you're thinking about scfd you know you have to write a bunch of other stuff because you're going to look at that map and go like wow i don't see any dots on that map in this entire like two to three mile radius of southwest denver and the nearby suburbs and i think a lot of us have a pretty good idea of why that is but you you have to dig into why that is. Yeah, and like you, you found you talked to Councilman Kevin Flynn, mm-hmm. and the other thing that that was kind of deceiving about the map was that's where the the um, the institutions that get them the money, what's where they're based, but that's right. not necessarily where all their services are. Right. Right, and so so Flynn, he said, what they're they're trying to put something where. Uh, the Loretto Heights campus. There's an old theater there yeah. named for uh, May Bonfi. Yeah. And it, it's been out of use for a long time, but they want to sort of reopen it and start using it again. 
and part of the idea that they've already spoken to SCFD to talk about like, well, what other SCFD organizations could come in and make use of this space? Like, how can we work within the system? And that would be his council district's first ever SCFD organization. It's fascinating. Well, there's nothing else there. It's, right. It's just houses. Yeah, right. And, 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 and so that's, that's the kind of thing, like, I've really enjoyed Map Week because uh, each of the stories has told something in, in a way that we don't usually tell that story. I mean, like, you know, the one, the one that Esteban did about, like, the weird holes in the map of Denver, the SCFD thing shows things in those ways. And it, it's really cool because it rounds out the work that we usually do, but we have to acknowledge that, like, okay, yeah, this is still, like, an imperfect way of telling stories. Right. But, uh, but I've really enjoyed that. So, um, the, the, this is, what is our, this is our second theme week this year, right? We did mm -hmm. Santa Fe week and we did map week. Mm -hmm. And then in the history of Denver, right, this is, like, our fourth theme week. Because yes. we started with... We 16th Street. Started with 16th Street, then we did Colfax, then we did Santa Fe, then we did Map Week. So this year we did two in a row, and I'm thinking we do three in 2019. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. there, are, there are more than three weeks in 2019. That's right. Uh, so anything is possible. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what they'll be, but, uh, but uh, you know, Denverite podcast listeners, we're going to try to do this, um, try and do three theme weeks uh, of some kind in, in 2019. Um, we'll be brainstorming early in January to try and figure out what exactly those are. Um, but one of the reasons I really like it is because we don't know what we're going to get out of it. Like, mm -hmm. when we sit down and decide, okay, we're going to cover Colfax for a week, or we're going to cover, you know... Santa Fe for a week, everybody tries to pitch a whole bunch of stories and we, mm -hmm. we pitch more stories than we actually do. And this friend of mine, this really good friend of mine gave me this method for doing new year's resolutions a couple of years ago. And, uh, I love it. So what she, and it was not hers. She forwarded me something and I've, I've now lost it. But the basic idea is you write down 100 things that you want to do in 2019. And it's really hard because like, you think, you think about the things you want to do and like the first things are like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to get better at speaking Spanish. Um, and you have, you know, a bunch of things that just kind of like roll right off of your, your brain. But once you get into the like forties, you're like, okay, what else do I want to do? Okay. I guess I want to like paint the wall of the bedroom or I want to, um, go visit so-and-so, you know, I haven't seen them in a while. Um, and when you, like, it starts to, like, really burn when you're in the 80s and yeah. 90s. I don't have a hundred things. You, right? You think you don't. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 this is the assignment. You have to write a hundred things down. Okay. And so you start getting weirder and more creative toward the end. And my experience, so, okay, so the next step is you, you, you put it in a drawer for a day. 24 hours later, you come back and you cut it down to 50. That's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Then a day later, you cut it down to 25. And a day later, you cut it down to 10. And then from 10, you cut it down to three. And so it's this like week long process, but you have, you've like scraped your brain for all the things you want to do. And in my experience, the three things you end up with are not the three things you would have guessed at the outset mm -hmm. because you've thought about like all this whole, like you thought, you thought about your life in this more holistic way because you just had to, like you right. just had to, to come up with a hundred. You couldn't just stop it. Like, well, I want to get you know, in shape, or I want to eat better, or I want to get better at Spanish, or I want, like, you end up going to these other places where you're like, well, 
I want to cut, you know, my commute time by 15 minutes a day because I feel like I'm spending too much time in the car or whatever. Like, you just get to these other weird places, um, and I feel like that's what these theme weeks do for us. They, like, force us to think about corners of Colfax and corners of, like, how maps work in Denver that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten to. Right. Uh, so that's, I don't know, that's why I'm excited about doing these again. Um, so... So what you're saying is we're taking suggestions on which dark corners we should go to. Yes! All right. Well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, send us your suggestions for dark corners, please. It's darkcorners at denverite.com. Um, I'm just kidding. You can always email us at tips at denverite.com. Um... Cool. So, speaking of New Year's resolutions, we gotta go so that we can collect more resolutions from Denverites. Um, hopefully we will have a really cool piece for you guys sort of around the beginning of the year, maybe maybe a little bit late, um, with it, that shares um, resolutions, hopes, and expectations for Denver from some really, really interesting Denverites. Anything else you want to say to the people at home? No. I'm getting a dog in 2019. Whoa! You heard it here first. Yeah. That's amazing. That's breaking news. That's a, that's a serious resolution. All right. I've got many weeks to do it. You do. That's true. Right now you've got 53 weeks to get a dog. Yep. Time is ticking. Okay, so great. That's it from us. Now we're going to listen to this episode and fret over all our vocal tics. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we figure this out. Thank you so much for your support. We really look forward to seeing you guys at the next event. And please, if you if you have anything you would like to hear us talk about on the podcast, any questions you have for us specifically for the podcast, please email me at dave at denverite.com. Or as you know, you can reply to any of our newsletters and it goes straight to all of us in the newsroom. We look forward to hearing from you, to seeing you. Thank you. We'll talk to you all soon.